Welcome to our program, Coach to Coach. Today's guest is Lynn Brannigan. For more than 20 years, Lynn has been working with women of all ages to help them create change and achieve what they really want in their lives. On a personal level, Lynn likes to balance a healthy lifestyle with a good glass of wine. Lynn enjoys all sorts of regular exercise, travel, reading, and hanging out with friends, family, and her dog. Thank you for joining us today, Lynn. It's so nice to see you. Thanks, Greg. I'm delighted to be here. Great. So the way I like to start these off is uh, to find out what first sparked your interest in coaching. Uh, not a what. It was a who. Okay. Actually. Um, <laughs> so probably, wow, about 25 years ago now, actually, I was working in London and had an opportunity to, I was running a, a, a transformation program for UK and Ireland for big services organization and I had the opportunity to take what I was doing and interview to do the same thing in the US in the Boston area <clears throat> and I went I had the interview I got the job I moved and I noticed when the person who was going to be my manager was interested interviewing me her style was kind of different but I didn't think too much about it until I started working with her and I was actually thinking of this this morning when I was making coffee. And I still remember being in the meeting room and thinking, hmm, there's something very different about this person. And I don't know what it is. What I noticed was she, open, she asked open questions. She wanted to help use the power in the room of the people get us to results. And I wasn't used to seeing that, which sounds strange or odd maybe uh, yeah. and a little bit sad I think but that wasn't the style of management I was used to so after that meeting I, I was like you know what is it about you you're a bit different and I'm, I'm not used to this and she's like oh yeah well you know my other my side gig I'm a coach and I'm like you're what <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't I was familiar with mentoring because I've been mentored at work but the whole coaching concept wasn't familiar to me mm. um, so that was my uh, her name uh, because she's still around as Marianne Robat and I still have the utmost respect for her. She she gave me and taught me a lot and became a very good friend, but that was my intro to the notion of coaching. Mm. And uh, actually after that job, I returned to the UK and hired a coach and shortly, probably a year after, started coach training. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if without her, I would be sitting here having this conversation with you today. In fact. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, even though that was quite a while ago, like I know for me and the and people I interact with, um, most of the people I talk to still don't know what a coach is or um, had never considered working with a coach and have a lot of uh, you know, preconceived notions about what a coach <laughs> is. So I, I often have to kind of, for lack of a better phrase, set them straight on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on what it is, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, the whole field of coaching is is uh, grown and evolved so much over the years, but it's still on a relative basis, fairly small and unknown, I would say. I don't know if that's been your experience. Uh, I would say yes and no. Um, initially, I, I mean, imagine, so that literally I started my coach training 23-ish years ago or something yeah. um, and started trying uh, introduce clients quite quite early on so being in a, in a room and having the conversation it was like people were like 
no idea why I would even that would even interest me or what would that do for me or yeah. that so it was super new it was it was super super new uh, and for sure there are still people I try not I try, like like a lot of us now we try not to use the word we try and use another another expression or excellent explanation of, of what it is we do so that people can get some inkling mm. um, and actually had that experience last week in a different setting and uh, in a different language interestingly and someone said oh you know what do you do I was going oh no I have to go I've got to go to work uh, and I said oh I, I do blah 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 pretty much like you just gave my intro and yeah. and in Spanish she said oh you're a coach and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Awesome, yeah. So, so yes and no. Some people look at you still a little bit blankly, and some people are like, yeah, yeah, we get that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, so I'm curious about your business. Uh, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about like how your coaching business, what you do, who you're working with, and how you're helping people. Sure. This I did give some thought to, um, and that's it's like a moving target because people are moving targets, I would say. So the way I think about it is I work with women at different stages in their life, dealing with what they are dealing with at different stages in their life. Um, So young women in their 20s who have come out of uni and some maybe not have had the opportunity to go to uni and are in the early stages of their career, they're trying to figure out, is this really where I want to be? Uh, did I do all those years for this thing? Uh, am I going to do more years with this thing? Who am I? How am I going to fit into my work life? And a little bit of balance, all of that. So that's younger women, that's kind of the question. Mm. And then moving through the stages, life stages. So, for example, women who are going through or being through menopause, and they're at a point going, oh, I am just ready to do something for me. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I recognize that I've put all this work into X, Y, and Z, my family, my work, my home, my, my everything, I'm ready to do something for me. And then there are those women who, have, who are in or have been in successful careers and see that they want to do something different. Not necessarily go that way, but maybe go that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the thing they all have in common and the sort of things they say when they turn up, because there is a thing in common, is I'm a bit stuck, Mm. I'm at a crossroads, or I can see opportunity, I don't know where to take it. I think if we go back to the coaching thing, I'll kind of come back to that, but if we go back to the coaching thing, there is a preconceived idea that people have coaching if they're messed up or things are going wrong or whatever I would say to me that is not not even not always the case but often not often the case it's when people see there's stuff to be done or stuff that can be done or opportunities there but they know in and of themselves they're not getting there and they could use some help with that no I think that's a good point that's been my experience too people think like there's this stigma about needing a coach is like some kind of remedial um, like something's wrong with me if I need a coach uh, versus I do, I'm trying to get into coaching with athletes and parents of athletes and stuff. And in the sports world, of course, coaches, not necessarily uh, yeah. mental performance coaches, but coaches in general are widely accepted. Like even the mm-hmm. 
the best athletes in the world, in fact, have more coaches than anybody else. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's uh, like you said, it's not just for when you have a problem. It's like, how do you unleash or un tap into opportunities and move forward with big goals and dreams? And, you know, there doesn't have to be something inherently wrong or, or broken for you to, to benefit from coaching. So that's. Uh, uh, yeah. And something you just said there, the big, big dreams and, uh, Last week, I was having a conversation with our mutual friend in Italy, Elaine, and we were saying, you know, oftentimes it's the small stuff, you know, the, like, remember the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Yeah. It is the small stuff. People come for the small stuff. Yeah. You know, they, you know, I, I realized that I kind of do things this way and that might not be working, but, and it looks like a small thing. Yeah. But as long as they're not getting over that small thing, those big things don't seem attainable. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes it is the small things. Yeah. It's not the multi-million dollar business or the big fancy house or a Ferrari or a, a something or something. It's the, you know, I kind of want to get up in the morning and feel peaceful or yeah. useful or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is a, a pseudo metaphor, but what came to mind is like, you know, you, you could be going on a long yeah. drive um and the car could be in perfect condition but if you don't have gas in the tank you're not going anywhere like it's you know, <laughs> just the smallest thing like that um, yeah and uh yeah. and you know once you put some gas in you're on your way so that's cool um can you share an example of how coaching has helped either yourself or a client uh, without giving anything confidential away but just i know people uh, really resonate when they hear a, a real life example well, certainly, I can give you both. Certainly for me, when I, I mean, literally, when I first came across coaching, I was like, oh. now I had been in an organization that was quite keen on personal development and organization development. That was my life mm. for a few years. So I was, it wasn't a new concept to, personal development wasn't a new concept, but it was something, I saw something that I hadn't seen because it really made me look at me in a different way. Um, which I hadn't done, I guess, in the past. I was still in my 20s at the time. But so for me, it did lots of things. Mm. Um, uh, for other people, I, I, I have lots of client examples. But actually, the, when I think of this question, I still, I think of when I was pre-coach pre time, I was actually a mentor in, the, in my community in, in Cambridge. So I was doing my coach training but I was mentoring young people who were somewhat disadvantaged and uh, in a tough place. And, and the young, first young woman they gave me had an alcohol problem. She was single. She had three kids, but she didn't have the care. Or they were not under her care. Mm. And I was given six months to work with her, to be with her, to talk to her, to listen to her. And to this day, I still remember what she looked like. I still remember some of the things she liked. I remember her name and share it. To me, she is still the one person that I feel these types of skills helped because it enabled her to see possibilities. Mm. Uh, just being with another person who listened and who didn't judge her and put all her labels on her, um, she saw possibility. By the end of the time that we were together, she had visitation rights with her children where she was allowed in the room alone with them mm -hmm. that had not happened before um i took her to the library one day and, and i actually had to turn away to wipe a tear because she didn't know such a place existed 
where you could go and take a book and not have to pay money. Mm. And it was like, wow. And But it, it was really the just being and giving her space to be herself without judgment and be listened to it like as a person. Mm. You know, she was a person in front of me who, and to give care. So I still hold her up as um, one of my, one of my success stories, if you like. Yeah. That's amazing. I can, I mean, my kids are the most important part of my life, and I can't, can't even imagine what a gift that was for her to get back to to her children. So. Yeah, yeah, she's had a very, very tough life to that yeah. point. Yeah. 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 What's so? Um, interesting kind of the concept of possibilities right like it's we tend to uh, uh, it's funny I was watching a a clip on LinkedIn today and it was an interview with a basketball player but he was basically talking about how he doesn't think about the past and the way he described the past not he, he didn't use these words but like you know the past doesn't exist and and then he talked about the future not existing and how the reason he was so successful as an athlete was because he lived in the now. And I think of the example you just gave and, you know, that young woman coming into the, those meetings with all this baggage about her past and how that shaped her. And it just, um, you know, she didn't even, you know, like you said, didn't even know a library existed, but, you know, you, you start seeing things in the now and, and I'm, I can almost feel like the, what a catalyst that experience for her would have been to opening up what is possible. And um, yeah, so powerful. That's, that's wonderful. Um, the next question. The small things. Yeah. Yeah. The small things again. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And there's a metaphor of the, uh, the, trim, <clears throat> the trim tab, I think it's called on the rudder of a ship. Right. And you can just change that like one degree and you're on a completely different trajectory different course, different course. Mm. so it, it, i think i love that notion of yeah even the smallest of things can make a difference for sure and i i love that about sure. being a coach too is like you don't even have to do anything really you're just pointing people in the direction of <laughs> of the possibility yeah and yeah they see it for themselves that's when the the change really happens that's the joy of it yeah. So if there's one thing that you would want people to know, what would that be? I know it's hard to narrow it down to one. Wow, it's, <laughs> that is, it is hard to narrow it down. For me, I think it's to be curious about yourself and open to learning about yourself. Um, a bit more about that. We're evolving beings. Like we're sitting here today, we're going to be a little bit different tomorrow, depending on what happens today. <laughs> Our experiences today—that's how I look at it. Um, so to be curious and yeah, to look at. We talk about helping people see who they are. Mm. Some people. When you ask that question, they, they tell you, well, you know, oh, I'm a coach, I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a basketball player, I'm a, I'm a, and you're like, no, that's not really who you are. Those are things you do, you know, there are elements 
thing you should do. Who are you? So you ask people that question, they're a bit like, hmm. Um, so it, for me, it's to help, yeah, to encourage people to really look at who they are, to go find out, mm. to be curious and, and to learn to find out and, and to take the things that you see work for you and expand on them and the things that don't on how try and let them go. Mm. Yeah. I love that because we do, we do spend most of our lives telling ourselves or being told by other people who we are or what we are and uh, associating with those labels. And it's, uh, it's very liberating when you can drop all that and actually look, look at who you really are. It's uh, it's an amazing point. I was listening to a, a podcast. I I walk a lot, and mm. uh, I used to listen to music, and then I started listening to podcasts. I'm now there's such a thing as a podcast addict. You're looking yeah. at it. <laughs> <laughs> I've become a podcast addict. And yesterday I was listening to a podcast, and uh, part of our chat was, um, you know, imagine you've invited twelve people to dinner. But actually, you haven't invited 12. And, and when you invite 12 people to dinner, so if you think of 12 friends, there's probably going to be one of them. Reason why work's not hard, but it's probably going to be one you're going to go, oh, I don't know if they're going to fit in, and I don't know how they're going to be, and I don't know if they're going to spoil the evening, or uh, we all, there's always someone. So her, her, her metaphor, her point was that instead of the 12 friends, imagine you're inviting 12 aspects of yourself. Mm. 12 labels 12 whatever and then so the one or the two that you're like oh they're going to spoil the evening they're definitely going to spoil the evening which ones do you want to leave at home mm. and I just I really I walked around smiling about that and I'm going through all these you know things that I tell myself about myself and I'm like oh who do I not want to turn up what part of me do I want to turn up today yeah. and I just thought that was such a cool cool thing to look at yeah i really like that so our last question is uh how can people get in touch with you or find out more about lynn brannigan and all the great work you're doing uh, just simply through the website the website has links to um social media that i don't use a lot if i'm honest uh but lynnbrannigan.com that's it simple great yeah contact details and social media up there. and they can book a complimentary call uh, they can nice they can one of my favorite things to do in a week yeah yeah mine, yeah, too. mine too yeah yeah well this is great new things about new people yeah yeah exactly well the more uh it's, it's funny what you kind of tying back to what you said about you know after this today or even after this call like we're we're different people than we were before the call I find when you meet new people, you know, if it's through um, your website or going on webinars or whatever, like the the influence that those new people can have on your life and on the way you think about things and what they bring uh, can be so powerful in shaping kind of the way we go forward. So that's what I love about totally. it. Totally, totally. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. That's, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's like money in the bank to me. Yeah, that's the gold. <laughs> yeah, gold for sure. Gold for sure. 
Well, Lynn, this has been a great conversation. So happy you were able to join us today. Thanks. And uh, all the best for you and your clients going forward. Thank you. You too. Great to see you. I'll catch up with you soon. All right. See you soon. All right. Stay well. Take care. Thank you.